2: Are you paying close enough attention to what's going on in Japan? That's the question of the day in the Real Vision daily briefing we are sending to you live Wednesday, the 18th of January, on the back of turbulence in Japanese markets after the meeting in Bank of Japan earlier this morning US time and uh, therefore I've invited my colleagues uh, with boots on the ground in Tokyo, Weston Nakamura. It's good to see you, Weston. Uh, let's talk Japan.
0: Good to see you too. I'm not wearing boots, I'm wearing sandals, but yeah.
2: <laughs> We've got sandals on the ground in Tokyo sandals at least, right? <laughs> but Weston, um, a crazy day in, uh, in Japanese central bank history, um, a lot of speculation ahead of this meeting. whether um, Kuroda would decide to pull the rock from under this yield curve control program that he's been a part of designing. So please elaborate a bit on what happened uh, this morning, US time. Um,
0: nothing happened. <laughs> uh, and I'm serious about that. Um, I guess this is the only kind of you know major central bank that can shock markets um, with a no change. Um, but basically, we have a more or less of a no change in terms of what markets were looking for and what they were shocked by. So just to recall, uh, the last time, you know, you and I were together was the December monetary policy meeting, which was less than a month ago. So these two are actually pretty close together. It's less than a month ago. So just a handful of trading days because we have a, you know, a holiday in between. Um, and in that last one, the Bank of Japan shocked markets. By making a unexpected change in yield curve control band of uh, capping ten year yields at twenty five basis points to now fifty basis points, um, and so that you know caught a lot of people off guard, caught markets off guard, and certainly you know had had a global cross asset impact. Uh, this time they shocked markets by doing nothing, uh, because the last time that was kind of seen as opening a Pandora's box as to this will now be the start of the end of Bank of Japan's radical monetary policy on steroids experimentation. And therefore that's the end. This is the last, you know, first in, last out of the major central banks who are providing like this, um, you know, QE, QQE, yield curve control, you know, extremely low rates, um, accommodative policy. This is the last of them. And so we are in a new regime, a global regime of like no more free money and, you know, uh, perhaps you know market price discovery. I, I don't, I don't know Wh- whatever that was, right? Um, so that was kind of a lot of the um, not just speculation, but the actual positioning and and kind of market movement that we saw uh, in in between those th- that you know th- uh, then and now. And when they so when they didn't do anything, you got basically half the market caught off guard. Even though 40 like of uh, the economists surveyed on on Bloomberg this time. Um, they remained as a no policy change and they were right this time, except for Citigroup, uh, who said that they were going to yield curve control together. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's basically what happened. Um,
2: Weston, if we look at the market action ahead of this meeting and after the meeting, um, it's pretty clear that the. Average market participant did not agree with this economist consensus ahead of the meeting. We had attempts to trade the 10-year JGB yield above this 50 basis points cap. Um, We had material price action in the Japanese yen versus the US dollar ahead of it. And now it seems like calm is restored. Or is it? What's your take (laughs) on?
0: (laughs) Calm is relative, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, com. You could call it com restored, um, but for how long? Right. This is this isn't com got kicked down the you know the (laughs) the road if you if you will. All right. So let's just why don't we do this? So why don't we talk about what happened in between the last time you and I spoke, um, bank training, and and current. So when the last time I was on there uh, on the 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 daily briefing, what I was saying was that. The reason that the Bank of Japan suddenly uh, increased the cap on JGB yields from 25 base points to 50 base points after a year of just going through a bloody battle, you know, like bare-knuckle fist fight with markets um, and being very steadfast and not moving that 25 base point um, cap, even at the expense of the currency, the yen, just melting down 33% uh, at its lowest, the worst-performing uh, major currency against the dollar, um, you know, year date for 2022. Despite all of that, despite the um, the, the the political pressure he was getting, uh, Governor Kuroda was getting, and all of that kind of stuff, they wouldn't budge. And then suddenly in December, they did. And so, why did they do that? And so, the the sort of broader consensus narrative at the time was: This is Japan is finally um, experiencing, realizing, and therefore reacting to inflation. Um, Japan, you know, Japan's been stuck in the deflationary spiral for what three decades or whatever it was. Finally, you're getting, you know, three percent, three and a half percent, and probably tomorrow we might see a four handle uh, on CPI um, in in Japan. And so, therefore, they cannot uh, continue to be this weird outlier major central bank that is not, not only not hiking or you know, but is is actively easing policy um, and suppressing the long end of the yield curve. Uh, and doing unlimited buying of the sovereign rate market, um, that needs to stop. They need to get in line, and it's about time. Um, and so, against all that, the, basically the, the bench pounds battling that. Then they lifted the then then you know they 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 got into a fight with markets throughout, mostly in in June, um, and widows were made because they were policy unchanged. Then in December, you know they they lifted, but they lifted not because of inflation. They lifted because of Deteriorating financial market conditions or uh, functionality or dysfunction, if you will. You know, you have like very very strange things happening in the JGB uh, yield curve, for example. Um, and so, Brian, if you actually put up this this first chart of um, uh, the, the the Japan yield curve um, from before the December meeting and then before this uh, current meeting, so if you, you if you take a look at this, you'll basically see that. Uh, in December, that yellow line, that yield curve in both of them, actually, you see this very weird kink in, you know, this kind of where in the in 10-year the uh, tenor. And that's because, um, and that's where a situation where you have 8-year and 9-year JGB yields, not only yielding higher than the 10-year, but they're yielding higher than the 25 basis point at the time, yield curve control cap. Um, and so... They, the, you know, there were there were issues with that. There were issues with like liquidity or illiquidity. There were, you know, many days where zero trades were made. Um, you have distortions in futures markets. You have very wide bid ask spreads uh, in the cash markets. You just have a whole a whole host of issues that kind of then um, spilled out into like credit markets and uh credit issuance and pricing of, of 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 bonds and and you know so on and so forth mortgage issues uh issues within banks um uh amongst banks and and so on and so forth so they needed to do something and 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 the these sort of kind of conditions were deteriorating very rapidly and that's what changed and so and this is what they cite. this is not like my speculation this is what they cite and you could not believe them or or whatever but that's um, if from that lens, it makes complete sense for them to do it to act uh, because of that rather than like a, you know a slow uptick in uh, CPI that is still half that of the developed market, uh, the developed world's peers. Um, so they increased the yield curve control band in order to kind of stem this and and calm things down. So what happened in between them? Did it work? It did not. It backfired. Um you'll see in that chart that basically, this distorted yield curve is even worse than it was before uh, you know just 20 days ago or whatever uh brian if you go to the next chart this worsen liquidity um you'll see that like bid ask spreads average bid ask spreads on JGBs have just only gone upwards um or only gotten wider right so you're just getting um even even worse um trading liquidity um and 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 then as a, and then in addition to that, so not only is that not working, but it awakens this this giant of, you know, I guess soon to be widowmakers or or widows. But um, uh, you got a ton of a record amount of short selling and just like uh, attacking the the bond market, uh, to the point where you know, Andreas, you were just talking about like having yields right um above the yield curve control band. So um, I don't know if you have that chart, Andres, of like the kind of generic. Yeah. So if we we put that up there um, as well. Uh, Yield curve control is supposed to be a impenetrable wall of buying or a cap on yields. The Bank of Japan is going to, when yields get to a certain level, uh they they will step in and they will offer to bid for an unlimited amount of of uh, jGbs such that the uh, cap on yield is is capped. Um, the market can throw whatever quantity they want at it, and the figure of unlimited should be larger than whatever that quantity is, regardless of what it is um and unlimited because of an unlimited printing press. Yet you still see these this like you know uh, this the yield differential cap broken. How is that possible? Um and so, and yeah, and so that right there, when that's going on, um, there's a few things happening. But first of all, during that time frame, you're seeing a ton of uh, record amount of JGB buying by the the central bank. Okay, uh, to the point where I tweeted about this um, last last Thursday. Essentially, they I tweeted that they um, the the Bank of Japan essentially bought about 4.6 trillion yen worth of JGBs. Um, that was an amount that was equivalent to about half of the one month that they had planned for in the December meeting. And that December meeting, they increased their monthly JGB buying uh, schedule. And so they did half of, half of a month within one day of buying. Uh, that was a record day. Until uh, the next day, Friday, last Friday, where they beat that uh, single-day record with 5 trillion. So essentially, in two days, they exceeded the amount of JGB buying uh, that they were supposed to do for the entire month, which was already increased. And so then on this Monday, um, this week, they increased the the amount again. And so over the last four days, uh, they bought somewhere around, I think it's like 13 trillion yen worth of JGBs. Um, And so if you kind of annualize that, it basically works out to about a hundred, you know, ex- current exchange rates is about like a hundred billion uh, per month. Keep in mind the Fed at the peak of their QE was doing 120 billion per month. That's this is what they're doing in um you know that same time frame, but with like a quarter of the size of the economy. So they're doing they're buying in an insane amount of JGBs over the last several days. And you're seeing like this this daily bond buying jumping to records, um, and, and and you know this is all leading into this very meeting, and this like you've never seen like a battle against the the BOJ under attack uh, like this before, and this is all coming from the fact that they just increased that band from 25 basis points to 50 basis points um, from from that last meeting. So did that remedy work? No, that remedy was not a remedy. That remedy was poison, essentially. Um, and so that's what we, that was the background of what we came into.
2: We're going to take a quick break and be right back with more of today's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
1: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-ads.com.
2: Weston, let's look at what Grota actually said overnight. Um, because as far as I can read, it was essentially a full stop. And he wanted to communicate a full stop against this speculation. Um, He wanted to communicate that shorting JTBs was like peeing against the wind, literally speaking, right? Mm. Um, Do you think he will succeed with that communication? Because it felt like the market was sort of chasing uh, the Bank of Japan into this meeting. But what's next now?
0: um, Succeed with... The full well, stop. Define success. Yeah, Define <laughs> yeah. success. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, I, I actually, I think that in, in the context of all of this stuff, um, this is what Governor Croda does. He succeed, Like, if you want to take about meeting to meeting basis, um, and even leading up to, yeah, I think that he succeeded in terms of, um, was able to. Control the yield curve, as in the the they didn't have a Reserve Bank of Australia situation where the you know RBA was basically dabbling with yield curve control, you know, for like a year and a half until the front end blew up in their face, and then they gave up on it and pretended that that was all planned all along. Um, so for because it's not that, I guess it was success, but um, but I just kind of want to um, explain how like this, uh, how it's possible for a a yield to be yielding above a so-called impenetrable cap. Um, And so then you can tell me whether you think that's success or not. But um, the reason that that happens is because... So the Bank of Japan owns more than half of the JDBs outstanding. Uh, And then issue by issue, like issuance by issuance, sometimes they'll own 80 or 90 or even sometimes the entire float of a particular issue. So if the Bank of Japan is targeting a, um you know if, if they're gonna have a fixed rate operation in which they're offering to buy an unlimited amount of jgbs what they'll do is they'll say okay so we're gonna hold the fixed rate operation um uh, we're gonna we're bidding for an unlimited amount of jgbs at 50 basis points and we're targeting jgb issue number 367 number 368 and 369 or whatever it is okay um and if they happen to own all of those then well that's kind of you know, a weird situation itself but what you can do is you can actually borrow. They, like They lend out um, JGBs, but you can't borrow that and then short sell it back to uh, the JGB, uh, to the Bank of Japan via these sort of fixed rate operations. But what you can do instead is you can borrow from the, the Bank of Japan and you can sell it to the broker's broker market or the BB market. And that's basically like the secondary sort of uh, private sector uh, market market X the BOJ, and so you could actually get like an execution that will print that fifty-seven basis points for something that's above. And the reason that somebody would sell or short, you know, uh, or the reason that someone would sell um, a bond below the floor, below like a, at a price level that's below the the guaranteed central bank floor, is because they presumably believe that that's no longer going to be the floor in the near future. So. Anytime you see, um, you know, prints of yields that are above the yield curve control cap, you can assume that that's short selling, um, because that's the only reason that someone would execute that, because they believe that the, you know, the yield curve control band is going to be moved to a hundred basis points, and that would be a very nice return. Um, so that all, that whole week where you're seeing kind of the, you know, this this inc- this record amount of JGB buying. And the you know the yield still kind of trading above there. That's basically kind of shorts that are being that that you're seeing in the markets. And then Brian, if you actually look at the uh, the uh, I think it is the 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 last chart, the fifth chart. Um, this is the last chart I want to show you, Andreas. This is ten-year JGB futures. Um, JGB futures, by the way, are massive notional size contracts. These are um, hundred million yen per contract notional. Um, now that. Kind of circled area. First of all, under under that the the letter E in futures and on, on top there that that huge kind of candlestick down. That was the last time you and I spoke. That was the BOJ uh, um, shock, you know, m- m- lifting of the yield curve control band. Uh, the circled oval area that you see kind of recently, that was the last few days in which you're seeing just a massive amount of JGB um, futures selling, shorting on volume. And then you'll see what the price did today when they didn't um, do anything with uh, yield curve control in terms of moving the band. That got short-squeezed. Anybody who shorted from there, and you can see right there, anybody who shorted there is losing money and/or just getting completely, you know, their face torn up, off and being out of business essentially. Um, so that's that's like a, a another huge. So, so you have shorting in the cash, short shorting and short covering going on in the cash, cash market. Um, due to that above-50 base point, uh, you know, print, as well as these um, massive futures contracts that are happening. And so that's what happened today. So I don't know, Andres, you tell me. I mean, it looks like a war to me, but you tell me who won.
2: <laughs> well, I guess this was part of the plan today, right? Um, he wanted to send a signal to those trying to short the JGB market uh, into this meeting. Um, and as at least for now, if you ask me it will be very tricky to short JGBs ahead of the next meeting. It's not a free option to short them. You pay a negative carry to do so. Uh, So the release valve is probably the Japanese yen. Uh, And the interesting thing today is that we saw a spike in dollar versus Japanese yen of right about 3% right after the meeting. And then it started retracing lower again as soon as the market digested the news. Um, And to me, the next question is now, who's going to replace Corona? And is the next governor willing to do something about the yield curve control cap? Um, and Weston, I mean, um, I've seen Reuters and uh, other international media outlets speculating in an announcement date, the 10th of February, for the next governor. Um, but we still don't know the answer to that question. Who's next in line? Do you have an idea of who's... Uh, being considered for the role and whether it is a possibility that the next governor could look at the yield curve control program and decide to scrap it
0: yeah um that that's a very good question Uh, so i also have that also the the february 10th is sort of that date that's being thrown out there so the timeline i have here is let's see let me pull it up here yeah february 10th um and then you basically they're they're looking at um nominee hearings that so the the lower house and the upper house uh which is basically like the house of representatives and the senate um, have to you know do hearings um, but there's the, obviously party majority so it's going to go pretty quickly but that's gonna be february 16th and 17th and then february 21st and 20 uh 20th and 21st for the upper house and lower house respectively um and it should be a fairly fairly quick whoever whoever the pick is from uh, from prime minister Kishida as well as the deputy governors should kind of move right along the so the front runner right now there's there's three like main candidates uh, which is the current deputy governor uh, Amamiya. He's the kind of policy architect. He's been there forever, um, but just because he's an architect doesn't mean he's a continuity guy because he could also just unarchitect things as well. Um, and but he's kind of the clear front runner in terms of like I don't know surveyed economists who just, they they never get things wrong, right? So, uh, and then you have um, the uh, ex deputy governor uh, Nakaso, who is a uh, um you know he was he's was xboj as well i saw a recent interview with him he's by the way he speaks like perfect english and all that um he's a very international guy uh and he was talking about he just like you could tell like he was being sincere but he really hates the weekend but he's more terrified of the jgb market blowing up um so he's kind of like a more serious version of corona uh not that it's very hard to be more serious than corona but and then finally the kind of um I guess, like the, the the really kind of underdog, but still nonetheless a real candidate, um, is this guy Yamaguchi uh, Hirohide Yama- Yamaguchi. Now, this guy was an ex deputy governor under Shirakawa. This is Kuroda's predecessor. He would symbolize a shift away from Kurodonomics and kind of back to, um, uh, uh, well, maybe not back to, but you know, a- away from the, the 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 days of the current days of Abenomics, Kurodonomics. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a symbolic shift. The dangerous thing is that the Kishida, Prime Minister Kishida's uh, approval ratings are just in the toilet right now. They've been at record lows uh, because of, like, a lot of scandals, a lot of resignations, not related to anything related to, obviously, monetary policy or anything like that. Um, and he has, frankly, has no kind of opinion or or isn't saying anything about, um, you know, whose pick would be. There was a recent interview last week um, in in the... Uh, sort of public media broadcast, uh, NHK, in which they, he was asked what kind of qualities he would look for in a central bank governor, and he literally said, "Somebody best suited for the job." Thanks, thanks, bro. Like that's that's real that's real helpful. So, um, but here's what I'll tell you, just uh, doesn't like it doesn't really matter who it is. So in in the near term, you're going to get some sort of market volatility probably based on who it is. But it, it, like in in the broader scheme, or even like five you know three months, six months on the job. Whoever it is is gonna inherit the ghost of Kuroda. Um, Governor Kuroda has instituted policies that are not that you can't undo them, right? Like you, if you bought fifty or fifty over half of the 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 JGB market, and you're setting the price on the other half, which is illiquid, which has a very weird yield curve. Um, that is, you know, that, that doesn't trade. That that just it's basically just kind of causing more problems than than do, than doing anything. Um, you know, uh, in terms of guiding credit um, issuance and and pricing and all that. Um, and if you're in a situation like that, there is no such thing as a QT in Japan. Like there's no you're not going to sell JGBs into a market that you've destroyed that doesn't exist unless you want to have like 40% yields on, you know, JGBs where they belong uh for the most indebted country in the world. So, unfortunately, they're kind of stuck here. Um and so I don't think that the who it is really matters and I don't think that whoever it is gets to even have any sort of uh flexibility in terms of what what are my options? What can I do? That's just my opinion.
1: Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-ads.com.
2: I think it's a very fair assessment. Um, this is Italy on steroids when it comes to QE and QT. Uh, we've had a few attempts on um, on at least communicating uh, a upcoming sell-off in um, in central bank holdings of European bonds and um, we've never really succeeded with that here and um, the issue is even bigger in Japan uh, if they were to go down that road but uh, I wanted to share a chart of mine with you Weston on how I perceive the market pricing of this yield curve cap right now. Um, it's obviously not easy to figure out exactly the expectations of market participants given the uh, manipulated market um, but what I've tried here is to assess the spread between swap rates and JGBs relative to history and relative to the amount of JPYs available to the financial system uh, and my take is currently chart one Brian that um, in between 20 and 25 basis points are priced in immediately just from the spread between JGBs and swaps uh, should they um decide to just open the door uh, for another um, hike of this yield cap. Um, And ahead of this meeting, probably in between 40 and maybe even 45 basis points were were priced in at the max. So expectations were built ahead of this, also in the swap curve and among uh, market participants of some kind of, uh, if not removal of the yield curve control, then at least a, a fairly material hike to the 10-year point yield cap, um, which to me was always a uh, complete nonsensical positioning, um, given that it is impossible to raise the 10-year bar to, say, a percent or one and a half. Uh, it would destroy um, right about everything immediately. But the interesting thing here is, Western that this still allows us to speculate in the Japanese yen. And you and I have been talking about uh, the dollar versus Japanese yen trade over and over in 2022. It was sort of the perfect spread trade between the Federal Reserve policy and the Bank of Japan QE program. And um, at least for now, the market is sort of free to speculate in a new regime once the new governor is put in place. And therefore, I still like this yen trade. I like to belong to Japanese yen, just as a consequence of the speculation. Uh, But... I don't know whether you share the sentiment around that trade, but it's obviously very important to to assess what's going on in dollar versus yen as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm I'm way more um, you know kind of in and out of of trades than you. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I was long, you know, I've, I've been long the, the yen, and I then I bought uh, out of money calls on the yen into the December Bank of Japan meeting, which was phenomenal. Um, and then I, going into this, uh, I had a basically a, a strangle where you're buying an out of money call and an out of money put um, on on the yen. But I was the ratio was two to one uh, puts. So therefore, you know yen downside going into this uh, because the way that I was looking at it was you saw basically a ten yen move, ten handle move down, but like f- at least five of that of that last one was speculative. Right? So if they were going to, and my, my view was that they were not going to move, um, change anything on yield curve control going into this because changing yield curve control was what caused this entire mess in the first place. Why would they continue that um, again? Uh, and they need to reassert themselves in the markets. And so there was going to be no change. And so that was kind of the, the, the bet that I had. But either way, my view was like, okay, if it's if it's like uh, m- most of this move on in dollar and speculative, then if they do increase the yield curve control band yet again then the market's gonna to have to reprice for that and you're gonna get like another five handle move down immediately and if they don't you're gonna to have to erase much of that kind of speculative um positioning and so uh so that's what i did and i kind of got a- out of but i do agree with you that you know being on the long side um you know over this period of what will be volatility as we you know look at the, the next kind of you know, potential governor, the the nominee, the, the rumors, the headlines that are going to be thrown out there that are going to be fake and then not fake and so on and so forth. All of that that um, probably being net long yen, yeah, um, would would probably be a um, uh, the side I would take too. Brian, on that note too, can you pull up that chart of yen versus gold? Did, did I ever send that to you? Um, uh, this is, uh, so the yen obviously matters a lot for a lot of assets, but this is just one very kind of simple one for people who think that none of this matters. Um, If you're looking at gold and you're wondering why gold, or if you're applauding gold's upside and all that, uh, just make sure that you're looking at it against yen uh, futures. They move tick for tick, even intraday today. Um, And you can see the volume on gold futures and all that just really moves in tandem with yen. And I've been looking at this kind of correlation for a very long time. Um, I'm trying to find more reasons other than the fact that uh, just very simply... The dollar is the safe haven from everything. And then the safe haven from the dollar is yen and gold. And so therefore they kind of move in tandem. I don't know other than that, uh, but there is, that's just one sort of example of, of kind of yen correlation.
2: Weston, I want to conclude the show with another chart of mine, um, on the relationship between the dollar yen spot exchange rate, um, and the amount of dollar bond holdings by Japanese accounts. The interesting thing is that when the Japanese yen strengthens, it is typically a hint of upcoming Japanese buying of US treasuries. Uh, So why is that? Uh, I wrote in December that if this yield curve control move from Bank of Japan pulled the rock from under the very long positioning in the US dollar versus the Japanese yen, then it would likely make life much easier for Bank of Japan, at least in FX terms, not in bond terms. Um a weakening u s. dollar basically allows Bank of Japan to build dollar reserves by selling Japanese yen, um, at least in theory, while the opposite was the case last year, while right? they they were ultimately forced to intervene in the other direction, uh, even though they um They reluctantly did so. Um, And if the Bank of Japan is able to rebuild dollar reserves as a consequence of a trend change in the dollar versus the Japanese yen, then this may prove to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? With spillovers to U.S. treasuries, first we get a lower dollar yen reading. Then we get more FX reserves in U.S. dollars in Japan. Then we get more treasury buying from the Bank of Japan, potentially. We get lower dollar interest rates as a consequence of that buying ultimately pushing the dollar lower versus the Japanese yen. And then we have like a loop. Um, And then the private sector too. Exactly. Um, So let's conclude with that chart. Um, Even though this is very far away from U.S. shores, it actually matters for the treasury market what happened overnight in Japan and um, Western no one's better than you at explaining Bank of Japan. Um, it is a mystery to many in the West, um, but you did a great job of explaining <laughs> what happened today. Um, the final thing I wanted to ask you about, and uh, we get tons of questions coming in on that exact question. When Bank of Japan is buying JGPs to the extent that they've done over the past four to five days, amidst inflation at, is it roughly 4% by now in Japan? I mean, do you fear that inflation will spiral out of control as a consequence of this cocktail of buying and already increasing price pressures?
0: No, um, I, I'll believe it when I see it. it like, so people have to understand. What people have to understand is that, and look, I'm coming from like um, American standpoint um, and background. It is inflation is or deflation or prices just not changing or being impossible to increase prices on customers. It is so incredibly entrenched here. It's for like you know two generations right um of of people just not being able to or able to or used to uh rushing out to buy something because something is going up in price. people always kind of delay it it's it's like embedded in in culture it's embedded in cor- corporate culture that's why you see like a ppi and cpi like massive gap you know people are uh corporates are kind of also corporate cor- culture is one such that they're fighting for market share and not really growth. And so therefore it's just like, it's the, the analogy I always give is it's kind of like if you're, um, you know, driving around looking for gasoline um, to fill up your car and there's a gas station and that's quoting at whatever price down to like a quarter of a penny and then across the street they have it like at like half a penny less you're gonna go there it's kind of the same thing with the japan like kind of just regular goods like if it's 10 yen less then they're gonna go to that place and then the 10 yen more place is basically they they messed up um and they're not gonna get the business it's so it's it is extremely extremely entrenched here um so i don't i don't see that happening I mean, look at the uh, the amount of, the, you know, um, QE that, that Governor has done and the CPI that came of it. That CPI came because it's global CPI. Um, it's not really a Japan thing. Um, it's, dis- you know, despite that. Um, and then w- one more thing I just want to note, too. Um, kind of not over right now because Kuroda is currently sitting on a plane on his way to Davos. Um, And he booked that, and he made that, like, appointment. He's going to be making some sort of speech on Friday or be on a panel or whatever uh, in in Davos on Friday. He did that, um, like, made that decision, or the Bank of Japan made that kind of announcement over the last, like, two days or so before this meeting. And that would be around the time of what, when he decided what he's going to be doing for this meeting. So apparently, he has something to say to the international foreign community as his last thing, to the financial elite, um, and remember, this guy is not really the most sane of all people, so he's gonna giggle, but he might say something uh, as a goodbye message or something that he has nothing to lose. So <laughs> it's not over yet. Pay attention to Governor Kuroda um, and, his, um, and, his, and his giggles, um, because it's, uh, it might be market moving.
2: So let's sum up this crazy day. Bank of Japan put a full stop at 50 basis points in the 10-year space on the Japanese yield curve. We should not expect them to move this needle anytime soon, if you're right, um, Weston. But the release valve is potentially the Japanese yen. And if the yen strengthens, it's potentially a buy signal for US Treasuries. So are you paying close enough attention to Japan out there? Probably not, and um, just by the look of it, U.S. Treasuries moved 18 basis points in the 10-year space on the back of this Bank of Japan meeting. So watch Corona and Davos this week um, and watch Bank of Japan in coming months. It may matter for your portfolio. And um, we can guarantee you that we have, if not boots on the ground, then at least sandals on the ground in Tokyo throughout. Weston, a great pleasure. Um, see you soon again. And uh, Thank you out there for watching the Daily Briefing. We'll be back again tomorrow, probably with a little bit less about Japan, but um, action is guaranteed in these macro markets.
1: What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.